welcome to episode 1156 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Tuesday, March 21st. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined today by Justin Mason. Justin, good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. How you doing? Doing pretty well. Got some dogs walking around here. Just wanted to see what was going on. Coming to you on a Tuesday because we were uh, we were hanging out in New York this weekend. That was fun, except for the cold, but uh, had a good time at Tout Wars. You, you back and recovered and ready for another trip here in a couple days? Uh, I don't know that I'm recovered but i'm back and I, i'm super ready to head to vegas like i just uh, that was my camera did i yeah. did i drop it on yeah. the camera, yeah, all drop, the you, <laughs> you drop for a sec but it's okay. Oh, okay yeah i'm uh i'm 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 super excited for vegas it's just gonna be a blast it's a really quick trip for me i'm heading there thursday night leaving sunday morning so really just 48 hours of straight drafting and probably some poker Got to get in some poker. I will be as well. I get there actually tomorrow, uh, being Wednesday, if you're not listening to this when it com- comes out. So I'll be having some poker time pretty much because I don't have a ton to do tomorrow. It's just all we got the room for. And I didn't want my roommate Dusty to just be paying by himself. So I figured, mm-hmm. you know what? I'll go ahead and do the quick turnaround on the trip. And uh, I'm heading right back out tomorrow, which as a as somebody who's not a huge fan of traveling, I don't love that. But I also understand how cool it is, and I get to travel back to back two weekends in a row for baseball stuff. So I got to keep my bitching to a minimum, you know. I I, I, re- I understand that this is not difficult or bad. Your your uh, he's your roommate, Dusty. He is my nemesis. We are drafting in the same main event league, and we are drafting right next to each other in that. And he's probably listening to this, trying to get Mm -hmm. some tips, because he did mention to me that he would be going back and and listening to some things Mm -hmm. to see what's up. And I, hey, I I got no, I got nobody's back here. I didn't give him your tips. I'm not gonna throw him off the scent for you. He's got to do his own work. You got to do your own work. I'm not helping. It's all there. Oh yeah, it's all there. Yeah. So he can definitely go get it, and maybe he can get some ideas here because we're going to talk about some big movers and shakers from the main events that happened this past weekend. We got our first taste, which is pretty cool because it does help us going to Vegas that we get a little something out there to kind of see where the market's at. Now, that doesn't mean that you should take it as a Bible. It's it's like any other um, ADP that you should use it as a guide and get some information from it, but it should not be your end all be all as to what you want to do, but you will get some information from it. And we'll talk about some, some of that, but let's get into some news first. Obviously this is a little bit old, but I want to get your thoughts because neither of us have potted since then, unless you did one yesterday that I'm unaware of, but um, Jose Altuve broken thumb. This was a bad one. It was pretty clear right away watching the WBC when he left, you know, usually guys get up, shake it out, walk over, and oftentimes, um, they will at least stay in the game for a little bit, and then maybe something else will happen after. Nope, he came out right away. You knew it was bad. You figured the hand or a finger, something was broken, and it turned out broken thumb, eight to ten weeks. Let me ask you just straight off in the main. I mean, I guess this is a little free one for Dusty. Are you even drafting him? Eight to no. ten weeks for Altuve. No, he's I'm completely off my board uh in both the main Mine and too, I'm, by the way i'm also doing the uh the auction championship while i'm there as well so yeah i mean i won't have him on any teams that i'm drafting rest of the way i only have him on one team and not by lack of trying i actually really liked him i think mean, i felt like he was the cream of the crop at second base at, at a bad uh, position year. altuve was the top mm-hmm. dog right yeah, so now we lose Altuve. We're going to talk about, I think, Von Grisham here in a minute. Mm-hmm. The second base is 
gone from a really bad position to an atrocious position. Especially um, at the top. I mean, the, the thinness yeah. up there was already a problem. You take out Altuve, that is a big hit to, a, like I said, a position that was already short on star power. I think that middle is a little chunky of similar guys, but then you took one out of there with, with Grissom, who we'll get into. Uh, but I'm with you. Anything that doesn't have IL spots and, and multiples, I'm not even taking Altuve. Mm-hmm. And even in those leagues, I'm not necessarily going for him. But at least if it was, you know, uh, actually, obviously at Tout, we knew what the situation was that we could uh, have decided one way to go on Altuve. I still wouldn't be that interested, but at least with the IL spots, I would listen to the bidding. And if it was low <laughs> enough, I would stash him. But with no IL spots in the main event, he's all, I, I'm not even going to write Altuve down. Yeah, no, I just I don't think he should be in consideration in just about any format unless you have unlimited IL. I think you should just you know because we don't I even know like ILs because it could be such a gem to get him later in the season after two months. That's yeah. about it. AL only with with multiple or unlimited ILs is the only spot I would take. Oh, any any place with unlimited ILs, I'd take the I take it in consideration. Yeah, um, but especially if you only have like three IL spots, I mean that can fill up really really fast. I would be careful with limited IELTS. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carson Kelly diagnosed with a fractured right forearm catcher for the Diamondbacks. Um, this is going to be a big issue because there's no timetable for the return, but it's going to be a while. And that, that bums me out a little bit. Sorry to take the fantasy and go. I know that's so ghoulish sometimes on an injury back. Like, well, then I want, no, I can't do this in my fantasy league, but we are a fantasy podcast. So we do, see it through those prisms and uh, i was pretty big on gabriel moreno and now obviously his price is going to go way up and it was already kind of creeping people are starting to get some excitement for him because i thought it was going to be a, a pretty close to a 50 50 split i felt like moreno was going to get some dh opportunities catch plenty uh now he's going to be the starting catcher and i think he's going to be kind of the you know full-time catcher jose herrera who's the, the penciled in backup he's going to be a once a week type of guy what's this carson kelly injury doing for your gabriel moreno outlook uh, I definitely need to kind of bump up my projection on him because I was not a very big fan. I really didn't see where he was going to get enough plate appearances to really matter um, in in fantasy for this year outside of like super deep leagues. Like I, I didn't even have him really in consideration um, in two catcher 15 team leagues as really? a guy that I was that interested in. Um, wow. I'm gonna I'm double checking my ranks right now, but it's the I'm, centerpiece of that deal. You don't think they're gonna try to get dividends on the centerpiece of that Varsho deal right away? I think they are now. I think. Well, I mean, yeah, I think of, they of really, course. Now they they they. Yeah, I, choice, I think he was really. gonna be in a timeshare with with uh, with Carson Kelly. Uh, I do too. Uh, I don't. I don't think Moreno was going to be like the starter or anything uh, before this, but now with this issue, I, I, I think he. He really comes into focus. But even before, like I said, I thought he was going to get uh, DH opportunities. He's just too good of a hitter not to play. Uh, but now he'll be the starting catcher. And I'm, um, again, not super excited about that because this is somebody I like that he's now going to cost more. But I'm definitely intrigued by him. Yeah, you were definitely the low man. Mm-hmm. I, I had him at 178, uh, Jeff at 196, you at 262 on Moreno. So that will at least go up. But yeah, I, I don't know, man. I think that I think this injury is saving you from a miss because he's too good mm-hmm. of a hitter to not play for Moreno. I, I mean, I just updated my projection while we've been talking, and it moved him up to catcher 15. There you go. So, so it was a playing time issue for you. It was never a skill issue. With no, no. Right? I mean, I think the skills are fine, but I also, 
I also don't know that he's going to be a guy with like a ton of fantasy juice, uh, yeah. but just a really high floor, which is always nice in a two catcher format. But now I think he moves into that place where like, uh, you know, I just put him in for 450 plate appearances and that moved him all the way up to like I said, catcher 15. So, um, and you could see the possibility if he does get some DH time, uh, that he even moves past that and starts becoming an even more interesting option. I could certainly see that with Gabriel Moreno. You know, big batting average potential from a C2 at the time, and probably probably still mostly a C2, but he'll be a C1 on uh, in some squads. Um, you just love batting average at catcher, and now he'll have some volume to give it a little bit of extra kick there. Uh, as for Carson Kelly, he's a do-not-draft in all formats. Yeah. Even with unlimited ILs, I'm not holding the catcher. I, I, I just don't care enough. He's not uh, good enough, yeah. Yeah. Somebody I love, Eloy Jimenez, nicked up. Bad calf issue, a little cramping. Came out, not supposed to be a big issue, supposed to be back tomorrow. Again, Wednesday the 22nd. Not panicked, but uh, – I hated hearing that because I'm super invested and I just, I love the guy, but that's, that's Eloy's big issue at this point, right? Is staying healthy. And here we are again with something cropping up, even if it's not major, I think it gets his, uh, the folks that are interested in like myself to worry a little bit. And those who are out on him to be like, see, this is kind of my deal with Eloy Jimenez. So uh, I know that you are on more of the, this is my issue with him. This is why I'm not super mm-hmm. keen on him. Does this move him down at all, or is this just in line with the issues that you already had about Eloy Menez? No, I, I think that the price is already built in for this. I mean, if we could guarantee health, that he'd be going in the top three rounds, I think. So I, I totally um, agree. I, I mean, I think at this point, like he's he's fine where he goes. I don't usually end up with him just because he's not fitting the what I need during that point of the draft. But if he were to drop because of this, if people were to get a little bit cold feet and that cost him a round or two, I could probably see myself taking him in a main event. Yeah. I certainly wouldn't be against that. Again, somebody I love getting a little injury that that's the other side of it, right? When uh, Gabriel Moreno's playing time goes up, his price goes up. But when somebody you love gets a little bit of a scare, if that scares a few extra people off and gives me an even better chance at Eloy Jimenez, I'm certainly not mad about that because mm-hmm. I, I really do like the guy. Here's a big one. You hinted at this earlier. Vaughn Grissom optioned, not just uh, not named the starter, which I guess it makes sense because if he wasn't going to be named the starter, they're not going to keep him as a utility guy. He's too young. Vaughn Grissom needs to be playing every day, but the, the Braves have sent him out uh, noting that he's just not ready to be the starting shortstop. You know, not going to go too hard on the victory laps and backpats. We'll get plenty of stuff wrong, but we were on this one pretty early that we just didn't trust that he could be the starting shortstop because of the defense. So I don't even want to sit here and try to rag on, on Grissom's skills. I think we both would be interested if something happened to Albies and brought Grissom back up. I think we'd both be promoting going out and getting him via a free agency bid. But coming into the, the winter here, I had questions, as did you, we had questions about if this guy was going to have enough juice to really be the uh, everyday starting shortstop defensively, the Braves have said, no, Vaughn Grissom is not. Obviously, I know what you think. He's off your board. He was already off your board. But how do you feel this will uh, be treated in the market? Do you think he even gets drafted now in like the main events? I mean, he probably shouldn't. I mean, I just don't know that. I wouldn't. Well, well, I think he probably I think he'll probably be up you know, fairly early, like, you know, any injury in that infield and he could easily kind of come up and make a debut. Well, not uh, short because clearly they don't want him there. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm honestly really surprised that it happened. Um, really? Like he, he, I mean, he was, he was tearing the cover off the ball. In the spring. Yeah. Like he was, That's he the was thing. he was never 
the yeah. the, the the skills hitting for Vaughn Grissom and, that that I had a problem with. There had been positive reports in terms of like his improvement on defense, and so uh, clearly not enough um, to uh, make you know this gamble. And I mean, this is a really you know, solid or really not solid, really great team that has aspirations of getting to a world series. So Mm -hmm. I completely, and it's going to be a really tough division. So, I mean, I guess I get it. I just, man, taking that bat out of the lineup um, is, uh, I know Arcia can emulate what he does though. I I really do believe that. Um, I mean, Orlando Arcia, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that he's like some superstar, but there, there is no doubt in my mind that he can do what Grissom was likely to do, right? Grissom did put up a 121 WRC plus last year. He wrote a 350 Babbitt um, and, and put together some nice numbers, five homers and steals in those 41 games. But I think he was probably going to regress to something closer to just above league average. In fact, the projections all have him right around there, low 100s in the WRC plus total zips coming in at a 97 on the low end, ATC coming in at 112 on the high end, meet somewhere in the middle there, and you're talking like a 104, 105. That's exactly what Orlando Garcia put up last year in 68 games, a 104, and he's a career 74. So he's had ups and downs and plenty of downs Garcia's had. Mm-hmm. But I think he can handle, obviously he can handle the glove there. Uh, that's no problem handling the position. But I think he's an interesting player now in NL formats and deeper mixed leagues. You know, he's a reserve, I think, in in main events right now, Orlando Garcia is. But if I'm in an NL league, I'm not afraid to put Orlando Garcia at my middle. What do you think about Garcia? Ah, I don't really care. Like that's just just not like. I mean, he's a guy that I've liked in the past, like earlier on in his career. But I mean, like even in, but it was partially because like he had a little bit of pop, but a, a good amount of speed. But like, of speed, he yeah. didn't steal a single base last year in two hundred thirty four plate appearances. No, so, he, like, he's effectively stopped running. Like um, yeah. even if you go to twenty twenty one at Triple A seventy four games, he was five for. So even when he did run, it was bad. 2019 in the majors, eight for 13. So that's the thing. I think it's he's realized, uh, or teams have realized that Arcia doesn't really have it on the basis. I said, just stop doing that. Yeah, I I think I'd rather have a part-time player that might have some upside, like, you know, looking for that next John Birdie type guy who might come off the bench and steal some bases or something. I I mean, otherwise he's like actively hurting you in pretty much every category. Like he's, I think he's got doesn't help you. Like, He's got some punch, and I think he can hit like 250. So I, I don't know. It, it, it's an okay um, uh, bench piece, I think, if, if you want to go something with I mean, Arcia. Like, I'm just going to go down to like the bottom of the ADP on the main event, and you you tell me who you'd rather have as a middle infielder uh, okay. over uh, Arcia. So Arcia or Ramon Urias? Mm, probably Urias, but that's like that's a pretty close toss-up. Um. Somebody to there's somebody drafted Trevor's story. Like, I, okay, never mind. What? Uh, yeah, In the main event. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, it was like probably last round, but but why? Still, yeah, still a waste of um, pick. Uh, Arcia or Brandon Crawford? Arcia. Um, yeah, I take I take Crawford there. Um, uh, Arcia or JP Crawford? Definitely Arcia there. Brandon's yeah. closer. JP just you talk about no fantasy juice. I think yeah. RC at least has a bit of pop that he could give me. JP Crawford is empty as hell. It doesn't can't even say empty batting average. It's just empty. All right, I, I got one for you. Okay. Uh RC or Tony Kemp. Probably go Kemp there. Yeah, give me Kemp. Probably all day. go Kemp there. Yeah. 
Um, Arcia or your boy Rodolfo Castro? Castro, you already know. Yeah. Uh, Arcia or Christian Arroyo? Mm, I'll probably lean toward Arroyo. I think we've seen more quality out of him recently than, than we have Arcia. Uh, Arcia or Kevin Newman? Probably play the needs on that one, but I'll lean Arcia because of the pop. But if I look more for like a batting average with a few trickle on uh, stolen bases, I think I could lean Newman. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play play the fence there and say uh, team context. Uh, and the last one, uh, Arcia or Michael Garcia. Garcia is like the pure. Uh, he's a pure speed play, isn't he? Yeah. There from he is. Casey. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. So I, I would go him on the speed, and again, Garcia on the power. So I'll play the team context again, but I, I would lean Garcia if it was neutral as well, because I do think he could be a dynamic steals guy. Whereas even at his best, I don't think Garcia is a dynamic power contributor. Yeah, I think I'm probably taking all those guys over Orlando Garcia. Okay. I don't think that's I don't think that's crazy, because um, he's he's not that great. I'm not gonna sit here and try to advocate too hard for him. But yeah, Vaughn Grissom, take him off your board uh, outside of the super deep leagues. You know, NLs with reserves, um, deep mix. You know, twenty team mixer with reserve. Sure, you can you can stash Grissom if you want, but I'm not taking him at the main event. Okay. Uh, Michael Brantley is expected to start on the IL. Obviously, this is nothing particularly new as far as um, Brantley being hurt. Is he somebody that you're looking to stash given that, you know, we're a year older now again with Brantley? He's up to what is he, 39 now? 30, 36. Okay, so not quite as old as I as I had him there. Pardon me, Michael Brantley. But you know, it's another injury, and we're starting the season off with one. Uh, he can be a nice contact guy when when he's playing, but it's just the shoulder. Shoulder have nagged him throughout his career. He's still good when he plays. But it's getting close to empty batting average at this point. Where do you stand on Michael Brantley coming off a 64-game season and expected to start the season on the IL? Yeah, I think starting the year on the IL just has me out on him. Like I, I totally like him as a player uh, when he's healthy because you're going to get late batting average from him, which is a difficult thing to find. Yeah, And because the Astros have this... Uh, like hatred towards Kyle Tucker, they bat Michael Brantley second. So I know I hate that crap. Uh, and so, like he can like second. You put anybody batting second in arguably the best lineup in baseball in Houston, and like there is value there. Like I mean, he's he's gonna you know batting average and a bunch of runs. So if you're looking to stash, I think you could do worse. I just probably that's not the stash i'm looking to make i'm looking to make a i'm making a stash it's a guy i think is an extreme difference maker within a few weeks or a month yeah if i'm looking for an extreme stash it's this one right here anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um i did a bad I, I did a bad job uh when we talked about altuve talking about his replacement so let's fold him in here when we mm -hmm. talk about david hensley penciled in at second base and now uh, jake myers and Chaz mccormick likely to play with brantley out Let's start with Hensley penciled in at second base. Now, I know you listened to them, and a lot of people did. I got amazing feedback on them, so mm -hmm. thank you all uh, for the feedback on the Eric Loggenhagen podcasts. He specifically cited Hensley as somebody that he thinks is a very good player, and if playing time opened up, he'd be really, really interested. And that immediately had me putting a star by his name, and now the playing time opens up immediately. What do you think of David Hensley here with a two-month audition to play some second base? And he already has outfield eligibility to start, so he's going to have infield mm -hmm. outfield, right? He oh, no, he's not. He's, he's, he's UT, UT only. Okay, okay. Which, so this will give him eligibility. So this offers a really kind of interesting predicament because I like Hensley a lot, but um, I mean, I guess in Yahoo leagues he'll have eligibility uh, at 
Uh, well, maybe not. He may be utility in Yahoo too because he only played six games. That's right. Uh, that's right. Uh, or he played six games at DH and then didn't play more than three games in any particular position. We played five in the majors, in fact, but he didn't start there. Is it? Start? Oh yeah, so five. Oh uh, no, he did play five. Yeah. So, okay. um, but Yahoo's ten games. Oh okay. Um, yeah, most places are more than that. Season, so, so uh, and most places are more. So. You know where I really like Henley? Um, and, Hensley uh, with an S. Go sorry, ahead. Hensley. Um, is in an auction where you can just throw out all the UT players and then get him for a buck at the end. Yeah. Because, you know, all, all the other guys have filled, you know, Otani, Bryce Harper, um, uh, JD Martinez, like Shea Langoliers, uh, like all those guys. Frank gets like those guys have already, you know, someone's going to spend two bucks on at least all those guys. And then you can make a decision whether or not you want Nelson Cruz or Hensley. So, um, is Carpenter stuck at UT only or did he he play? Yeah, he he is as well. Yeah. Okay. So, So uh, I think I really like him in auctions. Yeah. I I like that call out on Hensley, um, as an auction guy, but I don't mind him in in drafts either because he is a reserve pick probably anyway. And then you can just wait for him to get that second base. It won't take too long. And, you know, we talk about how bad second base is, which is true, but he could add a little something to it. And by the way, for those that are unfamiliar with him, yes, he's 26 or 27 this year, not some major prospect. And that was kind of the beauty of those talks with Eric. It wasn't all just prospect stuff. We were talking guys, we talked to Cesar Hernandez, who's like 312 years old uh, for crying out loud, but Hensley, 27 years old, kind of a post prospect type of guy. He went 10, 20, at AAA last year in 104 games, 10 homers, 20 steals. Mm-hmm. You know, this dude has shown skills the last two years in the high minors. I'm really intrigued by what he can do in Houston there. Probably going to be batting lower in the order, of course, but um, I think there's definitely something to like with him. Let's talk about the outfield replacement for Brantley. Again, Jake Myers and Chaz McCormick were likely both going to get playing time, but they were going to split. Instead, they both get to start now. Who's your favorite between McCormick and Hensley? And are you draft excuse me, McCormick and Myers? And are you drafting either in mixed leagues? Um oh. McCormick's been like a solid dude the last two years, kind of a um on everybody's roster over the course of a season type deal. Whereas Myers has been a f- true like fourth, fifth outfielder defensive type, but might actually get some extra burn here with the Brantley injury. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm drafting either. I th- have you done uh, your taxes yet, though? I have not done my taxes. So then that would be a reason here. to get Hormick. Yeah. Um, that, by the way, for those people that don't get that, that's a reference to his NFBC picture from a couple of years ago. He literally looked like an accountant. It looked like a, a class picture. It was amazing. It just stuck out so much on the NFBC site. Uh, but it looks like he's somebody who could have done your taxes for you. Um, I mean, I think I, uh, I think I kind of lead Myers here. Really? Oh, I thought you were gonna. I thought I would have bet all my money mm. that you're gonna say I'm leaning McCormick here if I'm gonna take either of them. Myers because it, he's likely to have some steal potential if he's if he's gonna be doing anything. Yeah, no, I'm going back to her. I don't want either of these guys. Okay. I don't think either of these guys are that good. Like, there's so many really interesting late outfield options that, like, I guess that they're going to be playing full time, but they're still going to be at the bottom of that lineup with like no potential to move up. Like, neither of them are ever moving up in that lineup because maybe against so lefties. I probably. Not, I'm, I'm just like, looking for yeah. something. 
Um, I just, yeah, I just think there's so many other really interesting, you know, outfielders gone late that I would, you know, I'd much rather have my boy TJ Friedel, Edward Oliveris, mm-hmm. Kyle Isbell, like all these guys like um, that are going late uh, than these two guys that, yeah, they're going to get a shot full time for probably, you know, at okay. least a month or something like that. But then they probably going back to being irrelevant in waiver wire fodder. Yeah, well, McCormick will probably still play, right? Even with with Bradley yeah, but I mean, back. but they're going to be irrelevant in terms of fantasy, like because you know, other people can eat up some time there. You got yeah. Mauricio Dubon, who's a super util. You got JJ Matievich, uh, who can also play some outfield. So I, I get what you're saying there. McCormick, like I said, he's been a fill in type guy. He does eat against lefties, so I could see him moving up in the lineup there, but not enough for I'm really going for him. I'm probably not really going for either. Um, myself, McCormick, you know, is a very late pick in the early main events. And like you said, there's probably more intriguing outfielders just kind of spot checking where he went. I'm seeing plenty. Of, and we don't even have to do a whole nother, uh, would you rather with them? Shouts to Eno and, and Derek, but like, you know, my boy, Kerry Carpenter for the Tigers, definitely. Would yeah, rather rather have him. Him. You know, somebody like a Connor Capel for Oakland. I think I'd be more intrigued by mm-hmm. him, even uh, Leody Tavares. Even like Robbie Grossman, like in Texas. Like, I'd yeah, and I know have... we're both in on Leody Tavares as well. Speaking of Texas, so yeah, so he yeah. is starting the year on the IL. Oh, I missed that. Pardon me. I'll have to update yeah. my. Uh, this guy's got an oblique injury. He's going to miss at least the first few weeks. Of the so season. many freaking obliques. Uh, Jorge Polanco could start the season on the IL. He was actually one of the big droppers in the uh, the main event versus Rotowire. Uh, ADP that I did that we're going to talk about here in a moment. And I, I didn't include him on that because I was trying to include guys that weren't moved for, uh, I, I included one obvious one, Dave Robertson, because of Edwin Diaz. I try not to just put like Altuve is lower on the ADP, like no shit. So uh, with Polanco's knee and the fact that he might not be ready to start the season, I didn't include him there because we're going to talk about him here. What do you think with Polanco's knee? Is that something that has you concerned enough to pass on him? That's another potential hit to second base right now with Jorge Polanco's going down and possibly missing the season or not missing. Sorry, possibly starting the season on the IL, not missing the season. Yeah. I mean, I'm currently in a main event qualifier draft right now. My last Mm -hmm. like slow draft of the season, we are at pick 239 and Jorge Polanco is still on the board and I just passed on him. So um, I think that tells you all you need to know. Like it just, it's so hard to roster him. Like I think if he if he was healthy, I'd be like he's a bounce back candidate. But mm-hmm. you can't bounce back if you can't jump. And uh, true, he was one fifty nine um, in the Rotowire online championship. So yeah. far, that's all of them. It's one hundred and two drafts, uh, and that's the ninth second baseman. And now you're, you're talking. What did you say? You're at pick two thirty nine. Yeah, we're at two thirty nine right now. I mean, that's yeah. like where the twenty first, twenty second second baseman's going and he's still on the board you're saying for Jorge Polanco so that's bad news there the market is out on Jorge Polanco and I don't necessarily blame them yeah I mean I just you you can't bet on the health right now and especially when you're talking about like NFBC focus but even just your general home leagues yeah like if you've only got three IL spots like that is that the kind of guy you want to be holding on to especially when you don't know how long it's going to take for him to get back like it's got to be a premium guy and a relatively short period so even harper no thanks with when you're talking three il spots Mm -hmm. i still do not want harper do not lock up one of your il spots for half the season it has to be like a glass now and even he's a little bit because he's he's upwards in maybe a month and the only reason i took him in looks like you know i drafted tyler glass now um, in uh, in the tout auction, but like that's unlimited IL. 
Yes. And he was super cheap. Like I just yeah. like good price and you have literally unlimited. And so that, yeah. that's a game changer too. So, uh, okay. Well that we're both out on Jorge Polanco right now too. Then uh, we're just giving out all sorts of free information to our, yeah. to, to our folks here. Of course, I think a lot of people will be and the market is showing it. Let's get into that market. Like I said, the main event did get kicked off this weekend with nine drafts. A few are live in New York and then a bunch online. We have some ADP to pour over that I know has everyone just fiending, looking it over. Uh, let's start with the guys who are jumping up. Now, this is inside the top 200, so I wanted to focus on the, the first you know, 12-plus rounds there. Uh, if you're looking at it, uh, I guess I'd be into the 14th round, 200 picks. This will not surprise you, but 10 of the top 13 movers up were pitchers, right? Yes. The, the classic pitching moving up. So I'm sure some people are like, well, what? why is that? Well, why does pitching always move up? Why you guys always talk about pitching moving up in the main event? What it is, is it's more difficult to draft premium pitching, especially early on. Um, when spring hasn't even started because you're committing to pitchers and their their health their health risk is just larger in general, right? We talk about this all the time with the concept of healthy pitching and, and injury risk. Pitchers are just more susceptible to injuries than hitters. So if you're investing those first, second, third round picks in pitchers before things even kick off, you're adding more risk to your team. Now, the closer we get to the season starting – that risk starts to lower a little bit and you feel more confident about guys, especially the guys like DeGrom who were big question marks. And then you finally see them, you can feel more confident and people want to secure their premium pitching. So pitching always moves up in the later NFBC drafts. This is no different than that. We'll start with one obvious one, the David Robertson one. Then we'll get into some starters that have moved up and then we'll get into your, to your boy who's moved mm -hmm. up. We want to see if you're still taking him. But Robertson did of course move up 84 spots to pick 197. He's covering for Edwin Diaz who um, also went out, but I think that was an old enough injury that we didn't mm -hmm. have to put that in the news segment. Um, are you interested in David Robertson closing for, the Mets, do you think he is the guy? Are you trying to zag and go at uh, Adam Adovino? Uh, are you, are you, what, what's the opposite of zig and zag? Is there a zug? Are you zugging and going for Brooks Raley? What are you doing here with the Mets closer situation? I kind of spread out the save opportunities uh, between the three and giving Adovino the majority of them. So I think it, I gave no, Adovino. Sorry, okay. sorry. No, no, sorry. Keeping Robert. I gave Robertson 24. I think I gave Adovino nine. Okay. Uh, and then Brooks really like three or four or something like that. Uh, I, I like that. I think I'm going to so, more or less copy that if I'm being honest. Here's my only issue. I wonder if the guy who leads the Mets and saves are, is not, on, the not team. on their team. Yep. And I thought you might say that, especially with the way Cohen's putting out that money. Are they on the horn with well, Greg Kimbrell? Well, and they – well, definitely not on the horn with Kimbrel because I don't think the Phillies are going to help them out any. But um, Oh, wait. He's not a free agent anymore? Why did I think he no, was he, free agent? No, he, he, signed, he signed in Philadelphia How a while ago. Sorry, yeah, sorry, so, sorry. I forgot um, that. I forgot that. But I think they could be on the horn with a team like Kansas City for like Scott oh, Barlow. Barlow. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so wouldn't or it maybe even on a – you know, maybe they want to get Trevor May back in town or something like that from Oakland. Like I, I think there's – especially because – they're like not only reimbursed. I learned this while we were in yes. New York. So not only reimbursed for Edwin Diaz's contract while he's out, they're actually given double because of the insurance, the way the insurance works. So like, wow. they're actually like, you they're think profiting they right him? now. Did you think yeah. they hurt him? <laughs> they, the there, was a, there was a spring right, right behind uh, the pitcher mound. Um, 
Steve, w- Steve Steve Cohen's stuff. grandson is the groundskeeper. Yeah, this is, exactly. Uh, th- yeah. This is true. If you open your eyes, folks. If yeah. you don't know, if you don't know what's going on, you're just not paying attention. Mm-hmm. This is clearly an insurance scam. He's like, I'm spending too much money. How do I get some of the money back? I can't keep paying Timmy trumpets to come to every goddamn game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he was realizing how much money was adding up, and he figured a way out of it. That's what that's what businessmen do, y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I'm so, not laughing at his injury. It obviously blows. But uh, yeah, D Rob's yeah, the guy out of Vino. You can draft though, right? Yeah, I think you can probably draft either. I'm probably not going to draft any. I'm pro- I probably will I'll not. Give that away. Yeah, I'm probably not going obvious. to no. draft them. Um, he loves I'm, David Robertson, guys. Yeah, I, I am. I'm hoping to have two closers prior to that. David point. Robertson's pick. Oh, I didn't even yeah. say he went up. Uh, or did I, say, I said he went to 197. Yeah, so he's inside yeah. the top 200, just inside there. No surprises there. I think he's the A guy at least, but there is a B and maybe a C. Rayleigh mm-hmm. could get some of those lefty saves, uh, come out of the bullpen and put, put some, take some pride in getting some lefty saves. Let's go to Reed Detmers, plus 30 picks, two rounds. These are 15-team drafts the main event is to pick 145. This is another one I hate because I love me some Reed Detmers, and he's getting priced up. I got to be honest. I was loving the price that he was at. I felt like it was too cheap. This doesn't take me off because I, I – I felt that there was some uh, some you know leverage or some arbitrage built in there with where his price was, but I am definitely bummed that Reed Detmers is going more expensively. People are starting to realize. Plus, he's having a big spring, so I get it. But um, I love Reed Detmers. I think he's poised for a pretty pretty substantial season here. We saw it in the second half. I think he carries over that second half success and has a big year. Are you a Reed Detmers guy at all? And are you paying no. this uh, new premium? No. So then you're I, out on the premium. Yeah. I mean, I was already not in on the price previously. So now I'm definitely not in on the price. Now, uh, I, I totally see why people are excited about him, especially with the added velocity in spring. I think people mm-hmm. are like, Oh, this is uh, gonna happen, uh, and it might. I just, I've, I've never really been a believer. I don't think he's gonna be like a whip asset. I, you know, they're he's only gonna pitch every six days because that's the way the Angels are gonna uh, roll with that. That's not is that set yet? So they're they're not running a six man rotation. They're every they're pitch. Otani's gonna pitch every sixth day so that sometimes will mean a six-minute interpretation and sometimes not depending on what happens okay either way it means less starts for reed detmers than a guy on a different team but that doesn't have you going away from jose suarez so why are you using it against because he's so cheap I knew Jose Suarez is set you up for the answer. Yeah, he's Jose Suarez. Like if Reed Detmers was going where Jose Suarez is going, I'd be all in on Reed Detmers too. Um, but he's not. Like in and now you got a price he's jump. Way like, better. Okay. I, I disagree. Um, so uh, he's definitely yeah, not like 53 to 141. He, yeah, he's definitely not 200 picks better. Like right. I just uh so uh, that being said, like I don't have a problem with people paying his price. If this is your guy, like go get him. Um, he's not your guy. He's just. Uh, I feel like now you. I mean, one forty-five. Like that's the top ten rounds. Like he needs to perform like he is taking this step forward. Now I think you're paying for. You're paying for the breakout, which I don't necessarily have a problem with, but that's not what I wanted to. Yeah, I'm 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 okay with it personally. I like I like Reed Detmers. Um, that's the 64th pitcher off the board. I haven't done the numbers yet to slice out the uh, relievers to get what SP it is for Reed Detmers. But it's the 64th pitcher off the board. It's around Charlie Morton, Dustin May right in front of him, Luis Garcia, Jordan Montgomery right behind him. How does that suit you when you hear who's around him? Say the names again. Uh, Charlie Morton, Dustin May, then Detmers, 
Luis Garcia and Jordan Montgomery, two up, two down. Um, I mean, I'm definitely taking Morton over him. I think I'd take him over May, but that's mostly because I'm super down on You're May. Super out on May, yeah. I just I'm, I'm where where the it. where are the innings coming from? Like, are we expecting a hundred inning jump on? And even May? if we get a yeah, even if yeah. we get a hundred inning jump, that's still like what one twenty or something. No, like I, that. I hard agree on that. Yeah, so um, I love Montgomery. Like he. Like he would have uh, Reed Demers have to be throwing 120 miles an hour for me to take him over. <laughs> I like Dormont too. I can see a double dip of those lefties for mm-hmm. me. Like I'm and not on who, the turn this year. Who was the last? Who was the last one? Luis Garcia. Oh, I'm down on Luis Garcia this year, but like I'm still above. I'm still above Reed Demers. Okay, fair enough. Well, hopefully my room is feeling the same way that you are because I like yeah. Reed Demers. Uh, let's move on to our next guy here, a double dip here. We're going to go to the Rays, talk about their big guys. This this was drawing a lot of attention at Tout when we were reviewing the boards. Everyone talking about the Drew Rasmussen, Jeffrey Springs jump. They went up 28 and 16 points respectively, Rasmussen and Springs, to 129 and 131 respectively. So they're pretty much one goes, the other's following close behind. How do you feel about the Rasmussen-Springs duo? They're now being seen as equals. Uh, I mean, I don't necessarily think they're equals, but I think they're close enough. Um, and I think the order is right. I think Rasmussen should go ahead at Springs. Um, I took Rasmussen. I uh, got him for $10 and tout. Felt really, really good about that. But I was Bad in on all the Springs, uh, the Springs price as well. So um, this doesn't surprise me. I think a lot of really smart people in the industry have been pumped these guys for quite a long time, including us. So. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, us not being the smart guys, but just pumping. We're pump just part guys. of the people that part, have been Yeah, part of the yeah. crowd. So uh, I, I'm totally in on this price. Um, I may end up missing out just because the price is more expensive, but uh, I still I don't mind it at all. Like, it's, it's there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, I already had them right next to each other with Springs at 37, Rasmussen at 40. So this was kind of like, okay everything's gotten on my level now. They might be a little bit more expensive than I had them in the overall, uh, my overall ranking, but I, I see no issues with this. I get it. I was kind of waiting for it to happen because I thought that they both needed a little bit of a price correction. Yeah. This one, I want to be in on this one, man. Speaking of Rays, he's a former Ray. I love Alex Cobb. I really do. I've been rooting for him all the way back to his Rays days. Plus 28 picks to 185 and there was a lot of love for him in the tout drafts. I sat in on a bunch. I did my mm-hmm. own, the mixed auction, uh, the mixed head to head auction. Excuse me. You did the mixed auction. And I felt like his prices were too high for the defense that he has that you and I have beat the drum on consistently when talking about Alex Cobb and the other guys on that team. But we saw, we saw it beat him up last year. What's going to change? Like, yeah, you would project uh, Babbitt regression for a guy like this who had a 336 with all the other great skills that Cobb had last year. You'd say, oh, that's going to regress if things changed behind him, but nothing changed. If anything, it's worse defense. So what's up with the Alex Cobb love here? Uh, Does this have you fading Cobb now at pick 185? I mean, I was already fading him prior to this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you absolutely nailed it. The defense is, is worse. Uh, I think part of it is he's been striking out a lot of guys. Yeah. So, and I, I've gotten some messages like, hey, defense can't hurt him if he's striking guys out. Like, he's also True. going up against a lot of double A players, too. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not like, it's not like he's going up against the middle of the Dodgers lineup or something uh, very regularly. Uh, it's encouraging to see him strike out more guys. I still think the defense is going to let him down. Like, and I think mm-hmm. so maybe get more strikeouts with that bad ERA and whip. 
but he's still going to get that bad rear and whip. And one of the things, like, I don't hear people reference uh, enough with Alex Hobbs is dude never stays healthy. Like, I mean, ever. Like, I don't know. Now you're getting to a point where, where you, you said 185, like, mm, that just feels like, no joke. I just looked at my sheet um, and I still have the kind of ADP from a couple days ago on the main event where I had him at 188, but still right there, right? I'm 88 spots below ADP. Damn. So, like, there's no Alex Cobb in my future. I already know one guy that you're definitely saying, uh, you know, you take this guy over Cobb, but here's two up, two down on him. John Gray, Patrick Sandoval right above Alex Cobb, and then Andrew Heaney, obviously a slam dunk, 360 slam Mm -hmm. dunk for you to take Heaney, and Sonny Gray. How do you feel about that two up, two down around Cobb? I think I'm taking all of them over Cobb. I think the only one I'm questioning is Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray, yeah. I was going to say Gray, which wouldn't have helped since there's John and Sonny. Same way. Taking all four, I'm pretty sure I'm firm on all four. Sonny is the one that I'm like, because I do have them ranked close. So I think I would kind of maybe look at my team makeup. Sonny Gray has his own healthy concerns, but I think he has a better defense behind him. I think push come to shove, I'm going to go Gray. So. I just looked at both Sandoval and Sonny Gray are in Alex Cobb's neighborhood in terms of my ranks. I have Sandoval right now. light years higher. Yeah, I know. I'm, but you're, I'm so in the bag for you, him. You're, yeah, you are. Um, but I have, I, have Alec, I have Alex Cobb below all of them so so you are consistent there uh with the Alex Cobb that's a free jump for us then everyone yep. keep pushing them up we're cool with that Javi Baez on the on the uptick around plus uh 20 20 spots up to pick 158 this actually coincides with a little bit of love I've been having for Javi uh thinking like okay I just don't think it's going to be as bad as last year I don't think it's going to be great I talked about him today on the Rotowire uh, Series XM show. We we're doing a little Tigers preview, and I'm like, I think he'll, I think he'll be better because he can't be worse. Or I mean, I guess he could. He could be worse. He could. I don't think he'll be worse, and I think he'll put up like a little, like a 22-12 type of season. Nothing crazy, but that's five more homers and three more steals than he did last year, and he'll be okay. What do you think about Javi Baez jumping up 20 picks to pick? Uh, what was it? 158. Actually, it's like kind of right where I have him. Um, so um, I, I have him at uh, a rank of 136. So I'm actually still about a round and a half higher on him. I just never end up with him because I've always I've always got a shortstop at that point. I was going to say, sometimes usually do, so. locked in already. But especially if you're not playing in a league where there's an overall, um, it's surprising to me to see him go where he's going considering – like Pete, you're playing for an overall, and that batting average can really, really hurt you. In it's that, that speed, though, I think. Yeah. So, uh, but like, if you don't care as much about the batting average because you're punting it or devaluing it, um, like I like to do, like I think he's a perfectly fine pick and a really nice bounce back opportunity. So, yeah. Um, I, I think we, you know we talk about this concept a lot about first year in a, in a big contract. Maybe we talk about it more when guys go to like teams that matter. But I think mm-hmm. it can certainly happen at a team. You know, even though the Tigers weren't good, he was still the dude. Maybe maybe you could say the impact is even bigger there because if, on a bad team, he's like he's he's expected to do everything. I'm not yeah. saying that's the case or not, but you're like you could you could spin spin it that way. I think he'll be eased in. I've talked about the, how the fence move will actually help. Javi Baez a little bit because he's an oppo power type of guy. So even though they favor lefties, might steal a few extra homers going oppo taco there. So I like it too. I don't mind this move, and I don't find it cost prohibitive, even though it is 20 spots up. You move the market. 
That or his uh, 500 uh, spring yeah. homers. But Jared Kelnick is up, and he's got a 17-pick jump just over a round into the top 200 to pick 191. First things first, is this cost prohibitive for you, or is this still a range that you're willing to take your boy Jared Kelnick? It's not cost prohibitive for me, but it, it's no longer a guarantee I will end up with him. Um, and I mean, I've ended up with him on uh, 50% of my teams so far this year. Uh, but as you saw and made a glaring look at me during my Tout Wars auction, when I wouldn't go the extra dollar on him, I, I'm I'm living by my values. And if okay. my values tell me he's worth $8 and he goes for 9 in Tout Wars, I'm not going to 10 So um, that's exactly what happened in that Tout Wars auction. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I've got him... Um, I'm still above ADP in terms of where I value I believe it. it, but I am not above the min pick. So oh, yeah, the min was 174 on Kelnick. Yeah. So it's pretty darn close right there. Uh, so Dusty, if you want him, take him inside the top 150 and it, you'll be guaranteed to get him. Yeah. Yours. <laughs> um, Joey Manessis, Masataka Yoshida, Lars Nupar, Three and three WBCers going around Kelnick. Uh, how do you feel about that little quartet there? <laughs> All right. So looking at my ranks, I have him uh, right below Manessis. Okay, so that's um, Manessis one. Right above and Yoshida. Then Yoshida and then Newt four. Yeah, Newt four. Okay. And we're going to talk more Newt here in just a moment. No, oh, however, I do oh. want to. I do want to point out that I've got all of those guys above ADP. Okay, so that's a, that's a group for you. That's a we're group actually that no. Like. I I have Newt Bar right at ADP. Okay, so. and we're going to talk about his ADP because he's actually in the droppers. Seventeen. The seventeen biggest droppers are hitters. If the pitching's going up, something's got to come down. That's going to be the hitter. So there's no big surprise there, but I just wanted to highlight that it is the 17 biggest droppers inside the top 200 are all hitters. And these are not all, uh, by the way, in case it wasn't clear, I'm not just picking the guys at the tippy top. I'm picking interesting names. That's why we didn't have Altuve. Um, You know, we don't have Altuve on this. We don't have some other guys that were obvious injury uh, beneficiaries on the upside either. But on the downside here, Cal Raleigh. Two rounds down, minus 30 picks to 183. This is one of those ones that kind of stings me a little bit because I haven't been as keen on old big dumper here. And so with the market kind of wising up to him, I'm like, well, dang, that that makes it less of a a free pick for me when he goes because I just I didn't really want to pay the premium. I've backed off of my firm Zanino comps there. I've I've been calling him, you know, the new switch hitting Zanino because I do worry about some of his batting average, but I, I think he'll comfortably hit above 200, which is something that Zanino has struggled with. But it, it, I do still think it is that that all-or-nothing power, and I do worry about the batting average with Cal Raleigh. The market is concerned, too. They've dipped him 30 picks in the main event, down to pick, uh, what did I say, 183. How do you feel about the Cal Raleigh dip? He's now the 12th catcher off the board in the first nine main events. Uh, he went from a guy that I was kind of fading at the price to a guy that now I uh, am right at ADP. So, like, I could see myself ending up with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one of these situations, though, where I tend to have two catchers by the time I get to that point, um, or at least one that I'm really comfortable with. And so I'm not I'm not ending up with a guy like Cal Raleigh unless he really drops in a draft. Yeah. Um, so I would be very surprised if he ends up on either of my two remaining teams uh uh this weekend so um 
that being said, like I don't have a problem with it. I think he's totally fine, and I do think he kind of represents like a little bit of um, like one of the last guys at the position. Like I feel really good about in terms of who I'm getting. Yeah, this price dip actually puts me in 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 the Cal Raleigh world now. I, I could yeah. see myself doing it because uh, makes him the twelfth. He's twelfth catcher off the board. I got him as my twelfth catcher. It, it's it's at least in line. Uh, I just thought he was going a little bit overvalued. Looks like the NFBC market agreed and bumped him down a little bit. Did you have anything mm-hmm. else on him before we move on to our next guy? No. All right, Nick Castellanos dropping almost two rounds as well, minus 27 to pick 143. Is this just market correction? He needs to come down because uh, he, he was going too high? Or are there some legitimate fears here about Nick Castellanos' power possibly not returning? What do you think? I mean, I have those fears, and so I've been below ADP all along. This is just getting closer to me, but I'm still below ADP. So um, I, I just I really worry about what we saw, and, and maybe there was an injury that you know really hampered him from kind of tapping into that power. But like, there was nothing in the profile to me that that spoke to me as like, hey, this is a good bounce back, a bounce back bet. Yeah. Other than the fact that he's been a guy I've liked in the past, and yeah, I'm be really track trying that you're betting on with him, and I'm really trying to get away from I like this guy, so he's going to be good type of analysis, um, especially in my projections. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still out on him at the price. He's not going to end up on any of my teams unless he really drops in a draft. Uh, but if, for guys like you, and you're wearing the Reds hat today, he was an old Red, um, did his damage as a Red for the most part. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a perfect buying opportunity for you because yeah. you like him already, and now you're getting him cheaper. I do, and I, I will take the discount. Um, you know, I, I do stand firm that I think he he played through nagging injuries. He's that kind of guy that I think will almost be reckless, though, to a degree. And and so then maybe you, you kind of go the other way and say, maybe I don't draft a guy like that because he won't take himself out when he needs to, thinking that playing through it is the way to do it or whatever. And it's like, yeah, well, is it, though, if you're if you're actively hurting the team type of deal? It was also first year of a big deal uh, for him as well, Nick Castellanos. So I think year two is going to be better. I am hoping. Uh, I agree there's not a ton in the profile. I'm going more over the overall track record. But I I wouldn't be against uh, staying bought in here because I already have him in a couple leagues. I wouldn't be against staying bought in with this discount. This one is interesting to me. Uh, We talk about the depth of shortstop and everything, and we see Carlos Correa already kind of at the tail end of that mega group. I think it's about runs about 15 or so shortstops deep before you really see that, uh, that dip. He's gone even lower. Now he was the 17th shortstop off the board in the main event drafts this past weekend. Carlos Correa lost 23 picks to pick 148. What do you think about that with Carlos Correa? I mean, I, I wonder if he should have been in my article about like uh, this year's Adolis Garcia, like the guys who the hate starts to go so far on Too that far. he becomes he becomes a value uh, because now he's dipped to a point where again, like he is like I have him above ADP, not very much, like less than a round, but yeah, um, it's still there, and uh, I also the, this I think he kind of falls in that bias kind of spot for me where. I've got him above ADP, but I'm never going to end up with him because I've always got a shortstop. Um, that I that Can you I, imagine putting him at your middle, though? Correa at your middle would be pretty sick. 
Yeah, I I think he's also hard in a league like NFBC because you don't have the IL spots. You know he's going to miss time. He always misses time, and so it, it, it is hard to believe that that he won't. I agree. Um, I will say so. his last two years are two of his his highest volume, uh, two of his three highest volume. Twenty sixteen is his. Uh, high watermark, 660 plate appearances for Correa, but then 2021, 640, excuse me, and last year, 590. So, you know, well over the the 500 mark, which is kind of where you at least want to be for somebody that you're spending a a top 150 pick on, which Correa still costs, but great batting average, nice power, and you can dream on another 600. You don't project it, but at least that is in there as some built-in upside. If he does eclipse 600 plate appearances again, he could maybe chase down upper 20s, maybe even 30 homers in a season. Again, that would be that that's the 90th percentile outcome. That's not what you're putting in your projection sheet at all, but I like Correa. Um, and if for some reason I veer away from the early shortstops, cause I'm with you, I usually have somebody by the time he comes up, or even if I have one, I'm not averse to putting Correa in at my middle and I'll take this discount. I, I, you know, here's what I would do is if, if I ended up with Correa, I would make sure like I got David Hensley because by the time Correa gets hurt, Hensley will have middle infield eligibility and i can kind of i, I certainly do because Hensley's going to have that after 10 days and i hope correa yeah. not hurt that quickly but yeah I, your point is well taken there you so got like, if i can get a guy who's you know playing a different position than me but also eligible at the middle infield um like that to me feels like a really nice hedge on a guy like correa um, I like so that. At, least, at least you got a guy that you can move in there pretty quickly um that gives you that little bit more flexibility or like if you draft like a um, I don't know, like uh, uh, Luis Urias or DJ LeMahieu. Yeah, or, um, why am I forgetting the Tampa Bay dude that I really like right now? Um, uh, not Aranda, but Paredes. Like, Paredes. Yeah. like having one of those guys on your roster when you have a Correa makes you feel a little bit better about this is why when I Correa like eventually goes down. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm obsessed with positional eligible guys because makes life easier, puts you in a position to to go for the best players on the waiver wire too. Like mm-hmm. that is the main reason that I like positional flexibility is because I I can always maneuver someone around to get the best guys each week. It, nothing worse than like some big ticket item coming on and you're like, I I have nowhere to fit this dude, you yep. know, and you're just like, I cannot figure out where I would put so-and-so coming up or or coming off the il or type type deal so that's what positional flexibility affords you what are they doing to our boy man nathaniel low minus 23 picks down to 125 of course we're not complaining we love him so that's a discount for us but i'm surprised that nathaniel Lowe's taking some heat here dropping down to pick 125 what do you make of this dip for uh for low coming off of his big breakout year this makes me so much less likely to take a first baseman early. And this kind of happened in my Tau Wars auction, right? Like I, I ended up with both Vladimir Guerrero and Christian Walker, which I got both below what I thought they were worth. Great combo. I love uh, that combo. Especially on an OBP league. Like it's fantastic. But then like Nathaniel Lowe gets thrown out there and he goes way below where I have him. It's like, I don't want to fill up my UT spot this early. Yeah. Um, I feel like every first baseman's under underrated right now. Like if you look at the depth of it, right? Yeah, like I, I mean, if you look at my my draft software, uh, Doc Tanner Bell, uh, uh, Smart Fantasy Baseball stuff, um, like almost every single 
ADP thing is like green. Like, oh, you you think he's worth more than ADP does? Like, like, like it's literally like the top thirty first basemen are being underdrafted right now. So, um, this just makes me feel like like I'm drafting at seven in the main event, and my projections say that Vlad Guerrero Jr. should be in that conversation, but he's mm-hmm. not. Um, and Freddie Freeman should be in that conversation because but he's position. not. But he's not. They're not because like I feel like I can get a really good first baseman. All throughout the draft, and Nathaniel Lowe is part of that. I t- I totally feel that it's not about those qu- the quality of those players, Guerrero and Freeman. It's about mm-hmm. the position that you're filling and what's going to be available to you. And we're obsessed with that second, third, t- actually third tier, I think even of first baseman with Vinny P, Jose Abreu, Nathaniel Lowe. I love Christian Walker as well. I don't know how you feel about Roddy Telez, but I'm certainly not out yeah. on him. I like him just fine. I'm a big Andrew Vaughn guy even, and he's a tier below all those guys. So I just there's a lot that I like at, at first base. I didn't put this guy on, um, I think, because it's just a basic injury thing. Let me look it up real quick. But CJ Crone also had a big dip. Um, yeah, it's back spasms, I guess. But he, he took a big dip. Nothing saying that he's going to miss time to start the season. But maybe just some concern about the back spasms. Um, is he somebody you like? Because he was the 16th first baseman off the board. Jose Miranda and Miguel Vargas were going ahead of him uh, on average at the main event. And I find that a little interesting. Uh, we've already talked about how you can play Crone in the NFBC where you can make mm-hmm. the switch on Fridays um, for your weekend lineup. You can play him at all season to never have to play on the road if, if you choose. Yeah, I mean, I, I like him a lot. Um, you know, I mean... I'm I'm less ahead of the market or the ADP than a other first baseman, and so I may not end up with CJ Crone. But like, I if he ends up being my first baseman, got no problem with that. Like, I think he's totally, uh, you know, uh, being undervalued. And like you said, like especially if you put a good first baseman on your bench, um, or he's your CI, like, and you have a pretty good third baseman, you can squeeze in when he's at uh, not at home. Yeah. Like, he's a perfect. NFBC kind of guy right now. God, I really do love first base too because we didn't even get into nope. Josh Bell. No. Uh, I like Tristan Casas. Brandon Jury is another triple eligible guy. Uh, you know, I was a huge Josh Naylor fan last year. He always has injury issues, yep. but I like him. Will Myers is first base outfield. So you got the first base kind of covered there or corner covered there when you're putting Will Myers in your outfield. First base is really sick this year. That's awesome. Like le- legitimately just looking at it, like I only have, I think, like two guys who are going too high according to my projections in ADP. Like the, out of the entire first base pool. And I just um, jumped on the Manessis train too, so yeah. like that's add him to to the list of guys that I, I'm interested in too. And it's like, damn. I mean, I guess you could end up like feasibly with like four first basemen on your team because if you take Manessis and Myers, you throw them both mm-hmm. in the outfield. You take a Brandon Jury, you put him at your middle or corner. Uh, you know, if if you're we didn't mention Luis Arise, but he is first base eligible. You put him at your second base if you want. Is it not He's Mount Castle still outfield eligible? Mount Castle lost the outfield. He is first base. Miguel eligible. Vargas will pick up second base Mount, eligibility. Yep, like, exactly. Vaughn uh, yeah, outfield. So yeah, Miranda has third base eligibility, Jose Miranda. So you you could end up with a lot of first baseman eligible mm-hmm. guys on your team just by virtue of taking other guys that you like for those other positions. Yeah. And then our last guy who I hinted at earlier when we talked about uh who are we talking about? Oh, Kelnick. Uh Lars Newbar. Minus 20 picks to pick 188. 
this surprises me too because like he's kind of front and center at the uh, WBC. There's been so much hype on him. Of all the people that went down, that one really shocked me. My, minus 20 picks down to pick 188. What do you make of the Newt Bar dip? I don't understand the Newt Bar dip. Like he was like he early on in draft season, he was everybody's favorite quote unquote sleeper to the point where That's he was being priced out and now he is affordable like I just, i'm i'm shocked uh, pleasantly uh, i should say i am too like uh now that being said like i'm probably right at adp um in terms mm-hmm. of like where i have him ranked and stuff like that uh and so i may not end up with him i may like i think he's a guy who's in the conversation for me um but not a guy that i think is uh um, like he will be a guy like i'm jumping adp for or anything like that but uh i'm 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 more shocked that the the market because I feel like he's the most talk, or he's been one of the most talked about guys this entire offseason and draft season. So uh, I'm surprised he's going to be in the conversation for me, um, but I'm not sad about it because I do like him a lot. Yeah, I, I did not expect it. I thought Newt Bar would 100% be somebody who was getting some silly draft spots. You know, I, I thought you know somebody was going to pick him like 125 or something as a min. 167 mm-hmm. min, 197 max. So a tight window for Newt Bar, but definitely a dip from where he was going in the Rotowire Online Championship. And I use that as the comparison because that's Fab League to Fab League. Uh, I should also mention that Ryan, Ryan Bloomfield over at Baseball HQ did an excellent one of his Bloom boards comparing uh, – changes from draft and hold leagues over to the main event, which of course is a different format, Mm -hmm. you know, with what you're doing over there in the draft and hold, but also instructive to kind of see some of the big movers and shakers. And instead of just repeating the data that he had, that's why I wanted to use Rotowire online Mm -hmm. championship too. And those are 12 teams, by the way. So it is different as well. It's not a one-to-one, but it gives us an idea of where the market's moving. So uh, anyway, there's a bunch of movers and shakers. I'm sure we'll have a bunch of stuff to talk about from the main events after we go through them this weekend. And uh, you got a crazy room. I got a crazy room. There is no easy room in Vegas, though. So Mm -hmm. everyone going around texting each other. I got this room. This room's crazy. They're all difficult. They're literally all difficult. And in some instances, the fewer people that you know by, like, name, the more concerned you should be Mm because some of the best players – don't have a footprint in the industry, quote unquote. You know, they're not on Twitter or whatever. They're just badasses who play all the time. Bottom line is, if you're going out to Vegas, putting up that kind of money, you're not a total scrub. I mean, we are, but we make an exception because yeah, we're yeah, in the industry. Sure. But like, mm-hmm. generally speaking, these are people that obviously take it seriously to a particular level. They're not going out there to just futz around. You at um, least don't think you are a total scrub. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, scenario. again, some of us are. I, I, I count mm-hmm. myself amongst the scrubs, but I've you know finagled a way to uh, to scrape up enough money to go out there and mm-hmm. actually win a league one year too. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, I'm married, Rich. Genius. Well done <laughs> yeah. there. I mean, uh, my girl brought, bought a house, so you know we we, yeah, we exactly. we're, we're smart there. We knew what we we, we knew what uh-huh. we were doing. Uh, anyway. I'll see you in a couple days. No episode Friday, of course, because we'll be in Vegas. Once we get back, we'll get back on track with our multiple episodes a week. I'm going to start to have a weekly um, episode with like a guest pretty consistently starting in April. Justin has the Sunday episode. So don't worry. We'll get back on track. Uh, I know it's. I will do some watch parties for. I know you're doing watch parties. Either either opening opening day one or opening week. 
maybe maybe I'll do multiple. Maybe I'll do, okay. Maybe I'll, I just didn't want to um, commit you to opening day if you, if you had a opening your own day ritual. might be a little bit. I don't have a ritual, but opening day just might be a little difficult because I'm my kid all day. But who cares? My kids on in the background. Yeah, I, we'll do something <laughs> opening day. Cares about my kid. Yeah, my kids. My kid will be fine. Right? So, but <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll, we'll do something opening day for sure. Okay, sounds great. The Patreon popping over there and get everything. Uh, get in the Discord. We'll be keeping that more active this year. We've been seeing a lot of people come in, get in the Discord, start talking, start asking your questions. Uh, it's been awesome, man. I love what you're doing with all that. But until then, I'll see you in a couple of days, Justin. Take it easy.